This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. In this world there's a whole lot of trouble, baby, in this world there's a whole lot of pain. In this world there's a whole lot of trouble, but a whole lot of ground to gain. Why take when you could be giving? Why watch as the world goes by? It's a hard enough life to be living. Why walk when you can fly? Kiora, Talofa, Nihau, greetings, welcome. Welcome to Quiet Minds Mental Health Radio, Plains FM 96.9. Welcome listeners, my name is Debbie May and today I'm chatting with B. Welcome to the studio B. Thank you, thank you for having me. <laughs> so you've come to talk about your own experience, your own journey with mental health. Mm. So where would you like to start? It's kind of a, it is, it is a big question because it's kind of a, it <laughs> big, has journey. Been a big journey, yeah. yes it has, <laughs> and to try and contain it into a short time frame, yeah, it can be challenging, but I, I, I can... Um, Give you a brief summary. So I'm, th- oh, I'm about to say 37. I think oh. I'm 30. I'm 37 or 38. I don't know. Okay. I've lost What's count. What's a year? <laughs> and I'm part Nguyen, part Swiss. So I come from quite a diverse background. When I was 21, I gave birth to my first child, mm-hmm. and um, and I was diagnosed with postnatal depression. Right. Um, and I think that was the first time I'd ever been labelled or given a label for my mental health. Right. Um, yeah, I think from then going forward, it was, uh, from sorry, from that conversation where, where they had given me this diagnosis, they had said to me, well, because you've, you've experienced depression, it's likely that you're going to um, have this carry out for the, throughout the rest of your life. Oh, well, what was that like? It felt like it was like a sentence, mm. you know, like mm. it, there was some, I guess, some relief, which explained, you know, some of the things that I was experiencing, uh, you know, in such a dark space, very, very right. alone, isolated, you know, like everything was just so heavy. Yeah, it felt, yeah, I had relief that there was an explanation for why these things were happening. But I think right. at the same time, it kind of was spoken over my life that this was going to continue. That's quite scary, isn't it, when you're already not in a good place to yeah. have that sort of sword hanging over you, really. Right. On the yes. one hand, you go, okay, well, now I know what's happening. Mm. And on the other hand, it's like, oh, so they don't think it's going to get any better. Yeah, that's right. And it, and it just it meant that there was not really going to be an end to it. Mm. And to, to know that I was going to experience this time and time again was frightening. So you said that before you diagnosed this, you'd had experiences of depression? Yeah, looking back, I think I have had bouts of depression Mm -hmm. and not really known what that was. And it just, um, I I often wondered whether other people were experiencing the same same thing and... But not really. Talk, I didn't really talk to anyone no. about it, and I just kept it to myself. So my family didn't know. I, I, my safe zone was in my room with the curtains drawn in right. bed, and that was my yeah. It was safe for me, right. and 
Um, yeah, looking back, I feel like I've experienced depression, you know, quite early on and, yeah, it just went undiagnosed. So were you born in New Zealand? Or? Yes, yeah. born and bred in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How did you come to get a diagnosis of postnatal depression? It came from uh, being in such a dark place for so long and and my mum, she was concerned for me right. and, um, you know, going from a, 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 a bubbly character that was out and, and connecting with friends and no longer doing that, it became, a, um, yeah, mum was concerned mm-hmm. and so... Yeah, got connected with my GP and then, um, yeah, kind of went from there. So what age was your baby? What age was your child? Six months old. Oh, wow. She was six months old when I was diagnosed. Do you think that you were experiencing the symptoms quite early after her birth? Yeah, I think I had quite early on and I just rode the waves and um, it just became, it was, it just, it, yeah, it, it kind of gradually happened and yeah. the darkness lingered longer and, um, you know, then I I mean it got to the point where I couldn't leave the house and even just to go to the dairy to get bread, I, I couldn't leave. Right. Um, and, I, and I kept asking myself, is this normal? I don't, I don't think this is normal. I, I don't remember being like this, but, you know, being so afraid of right. leaving my house. So a bit of like um, agoraphobia. Yeah. Yeah. Some, yeah. Something along the lines. So, of were you? Did you have any concerns about hurting your child or anything? Because that can be sometimes part of postnatal depression. Yeah. Can't it? Yeah. Uh, no, not at that. No, not at that point. Great. Um, if I look back throughout the journey, you know, of the years that that came, and you know, if I look back then, I don't feel as though I was in. It wasn't as as bad is what it was when I gave birth to my third child. Okay. And which was uh, in 2018. Um, And that's kind of where I hit rock bottom. Um, So what was that experience like for you? My eldest at the time, she would have been uh, maybe 13, 14 years old. She decided she wanted to live with her dad. And so, sorry, I had separated with her father when she was two years old. Yeah, she had left... To live with her father, and that was excruciating for me to let go of to let go of your baby right. that you've you know you've yes. had for so long, and that caused uh, I think that was one of my activating moments. Right. Um, and then a month later, I gave birth to my th- to the third my third child, and then my husband did a three day hike. Uh, my baby was six days old. Oh, good on him. Yeah, and I think that's where, I think that was the straw yeah. that broke the camel's back, where I just absolutely was, it just validated my position of feeling unimportant. I, you know, I wasn't special. I wasn't a priority, especially even and after having a baby. Days, yeah. yeah. I've forgiven him now. <laughs> I'm lucky. But, uh, that would have been, I imagine, any new mum. You know, yeah, a new baby, and mm. only three days to have your support leave, yes. whatever reason. Yeah, would have been pretty challenging. Absolutely, and yeah. So I mean, I sat, I sat in. I just remember this one, one particular moment where I sat in the dark, and you know, everyone was asleep. <laughs> 
my husband and the children were asleep and I had this very, like I was in tears and I was thinking, I just got to get in the car and drive. But then I had this, you know, fear that if I did, it could lead to opportunities. And it, it was, I was in such a dark space. I had this vision and it's so vivid and I remember it clearly. There was this, um, like I'm at the bottom of this pit and there's just light at the, at the top. And, um, there's this panther, black panther just slowly walking around oh. me and its tail was just moving so slowly wow. and it wasn't aggressive and it wasn't going to pounce on me but it just had this vibe of I've got you now yeah. and I think it kind of ties into my Christian my right. Christian faith where right. this 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 panther symbolized the enemy and right. it was like you know I I felt defeated in that moment wow. And it was um, at that point I, I knew I needed to get help because, you know, I could sense, you know. That it was on. Yeah, yeah I wasn't. That's a very vivid Im- image. Yeah. And um, you could imagine when you're saying I imagine, and when you're talking about I imagine, it's a bit like a cat playing with a mouse. Yes, You know, exactly. that, that stalking but yes. and going around in circles yes. and knowing. Yeah, yeah, so that would have been really frightening. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. So how did you start to get help then? Well, it was after that vivid mm. experience that I went and uh, saw my GP and and then they connected me with mothers and babies. Right. Yeah, so the referral went through. I met with mothers and babies and within, you know, within the first hour of this 3-hour consultation, the psychiatrist had said it looks like from what I can gather, you know, with your yeah. history, you you are suffering from child abandonment syndrome. I right. think that's kind of the term. Yeah. Right. And it was the minute she had said that my entire life made sense because I wasn't abandoned as a child, so mm. I did question that. I thought, you know, like I don't understand. It doesn't make, you know, that doesn't make sense. My, you know, I grew up with my mom and my brother, and my, my my dad passed away when I was twelve. And I thought, oh no, I, I don't, I don't see the connection. But when she had explained, you know, that mum potentially had postnatal depression right. and wasn't there for me emotionally during my first year. Of life that made sense, right? And how I, yeah, I've come but to be have these experiences, ideas, yeah, yeah, as an adult, and not being able to, like, my husband travelled for work every, like, he was travelling when we were living in Sydney. He was away travelling every, like, he was in Melbourne every week, and you know, he would go and come back. That's, Lo- a, that's logic, right? Yes, but I, but actually, that is quite a trigger, isn't it? It was. On a, on a um, deeper level, if, if that's yes. how they um, picked up about the abandonment, they yes. would be like that every time. Yeah, and, and I couldn't understand it. Didn't well, you make wouldn't sense. because you didn't know. Yeah, but it would be more like on a gut level, yes. on an emotional level. And I tried so hard to, you know, snap out of it. Read self help books and all that. You know, you just try you talk to people and you just try and break it break through and try and understand what was going on and to have that was just aha Uh this makes sense and from that point on I was connected with a um with a psychiatrist who was going to see me on a weekly basis and Mm -hmm. I got to see this person 
On a weekly basis, they just said, you know, turn up one o'clock on Thursday. That's all you need to do. Don't need to come prepared with anything. You just turn up. I need that commitment. And I'd done that. And then two years of this therapy completely saved my life. Wow. That's amazing that, A, that you made the commitment and that turmoil. You must have known on some level that this was a breaking point for you. I did, yeah. It's like you try so hard to, to, to break through. I mean, it even got to the point where some I'd read somewhere that if you sent your placenta off somewhere and had it dried and crushed and made into little capsules and taken that, that it would reduce your chances of getting postnatal depression. I mean, I went to that level because I was desperate right. to break from depression. And it's amazing, isn't it? You can see how we will try anything when we... We will try anything Mm. and shows that your spirit was strong enough that you were Mm. willing to do that, even when it was probably, I don't know, a bit bizarre or... Yeah, um, it felt left field, the placenta. (laughs) You know, I joke about the eating my placenta (laughs) thing, but um, but, yeah, you you do, you you get desperate and you're just willing to try Try anything. anything. Yeah. Mm. So... How has your recovery journey progressed? You know, I was in a job where um, I was working in health and safety. You know, I wasn't really getting much fulfillment out of it. And I just had this strong sense of needing to be in, you know, you you know, after I'd gone through the two-year journey of, you know, the recovery, I was like, I need to put this nearly 20-year journey to, to use for good. You know, I had conversations with people that were in the industry to try and find a way of, okay, right, I, I feel like this is my calling. I know it's my calling. I know this. there's a gift in this and I need to, um, yeah, use it for good. And, it, yeah, th- that's kind of where it's led me to. So I ended up leaving that career and starting a new one. Going back to you said when you were in Melbourne? Uh, yeah, in Sydney. So when did you come to New Zealand? I returned here uh, to, so I, um, I was living in Auckland, then I did Sydney and then Sydney to Christchurch back in 2016. Okay. So what what sort of things helped your recovery? Definitely exercise has been my biggest, I guess it's the one thing that I have found has been amazing for my mental health. And I know it starts to, I start to slip back a bit and, and my coping mechanism isn't as great if I'm not up to, um, you know, if I'm not continuing my exercise. So if that, I know it sounds cliche and a lot of people say, oh, you know, some exercise is great. And it is. It, 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 um, for me, I truly believe that's where it works amazing for me. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier on about a faith. Yes. Has that helped? Absolutely, definitely. Connecting with God and what I do is, and what I've done ever since I've started in this, in, in my role, I have been there three months now and I drive to work every morning and I just give thanks for the journey that I've had and where it's brought me today and I know that I'm meant to be here and that I can give back to the community and to be, and I, and I, and I say this, and I, 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 and I true, I swear, I say it every day I drive to work, and it just helps remind me, because some days it get, you know, yeah. it can be hard, yeah. and it can be challenging. Life can be challenging. Yeah. Yeah. And the moment I speak those words, and um, I, I relate it to scripture, it, it just holds truth. Great. Um, and keeps me on the path. Yeah. 
Oh, that's fantastic. We're just about out of time. Is there anything else that you'd like to finish with? Um, Tips for other people, maybe? Yeah, I think what's important to know that sometimes you may have these things spoken of your life that there is, you know, that you're going to experience this for the rest of your life mm. and that, and, and the, that feeling of no hope. But there is, mm. there is absolutely hope and there is light at the end of the, at the end of the tunnel. And, um, and just to hang on to that and find and find your gift and put, you know, share it with the community. Great, because mm. you wouldn't have thought when you started this journey that there's a gift in there. I didn't believe I had one, mm. so this has mm. been, um, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. really amazing. Thank you, B, for coming and sharing a bit about your journey of postnatal depression and how you found recovery. And I know that you're going to be talking next week about your work using your recovery mm. and that is supporting you in your work environment as well. So this is Debbie May signing off on behalf of Quiet Minds Mental Health Radio on Plains FM 96.9. In this world, there's a whole lot of shame. In this world, there's a whole lot of sorrow and a whole lot of ground to gain. When you spend your whole life wishing, wanting and wondering why, it's a long enough life to be living. Why walk when you can fly? You can download this and other Quiet Minds programs by going to plainsfm.org.nz and clicking on podcasts. This show repeats on Wednesdays at 10.30am. Thanks for listening. In this world there's a whole lot of gold. In this world there's a whole lot of blame. In this world you've a soul for a compass and a heart for a pair of wings. There's a star on the far horizon, rising bright in an azure sky. For the rest of the time that you're given Why walk when you can fly high?